0: "'Why, dear me,' he said with a malicious grin, it's "'day, open the door, sweet Mrs. Quilp!' His obedient wife withdrew the bolt, and her lady mother entered. Mrs. Jennywyn bounced into the room with great impetuosity, for supposing her son-in-law to be still abed, she had come to relieve her feelings by pronouncing a strong opinion upon his general conduct and character.' Seeing that he was up and dressed, and that the room appeared to have been occupied ever since she quitted it on the previous evening, she stopped short in some embarrassment. The ugly little man bade her good morning with a leer of triumph. "'Why, Betsy,' said the old woman, "'you haven't been—you don't mean to say you've been—' "'Sitting up all night?' said Quilp. "'Yes, she has.' "'All night!' cried Mrs. Ginny "'I all night.' "'Is the dear old lady deaf?' said Quilp. "'You're a brute!' exclaimed Mrs. Juniwin. "'Help your mother to get breakfast, Mrs. Quilp. "'I'm going to the wharf this morning.' "'Mr. Quilp walked up to a looking-glass "'and was standing there putting on his neckerchief.' when Mrs. Ginnywin, happening to be behind him, could not resist the inclination she felt to shake her fist at her tyrant son-in-law. As she did so, with a menacing look, she met his eye in the glass, catching her in the very act. The next instant the dwarf, turning about, inquired in a tone of great affection, "'How are you, my dear old darling?' The old woman felt too much afraid of him to utter a single word, and suffered herself to be led with extraordinary politeness to the breakfast-table. "'Here the dwarf ate hard eggs, shell and all.' chewed tobacco and watercresses at the same time, drank boiling tea without winking, bit his fork and spoon till they bent, and in short performed so many horrifying and uncommon acts that the women were nearly frightened out of their wits, and began to doubt if he were really a human creature. At last, having gone through these proceedings, Mr. Quilp took a boat to the wharf on which he had bestowed his name. Arrived at his destination— The first object that presented itself to Daniel Quilp's view was a pair of very imperfectly shod feet, elevated in the air with the soles upward, which remarkable appearance was referable to a boy, who was standing on his head and contemplating the aspect of the river. He was speedily brought to his heels by the sound of his master's voice, and as soon as his head was in the right position, Mr. Quilp punched it for him. "'Come, you let me alone,' said the boy, parrying Quilp's hand with both his elbows alternately. "'You'll get something you won't like if you don't.' "'You dog,' snarled Quilp. "'I'll beat you with an iron rod, I'll scratch you with a rusty nail. If you talk to me, I will.' "'Why don't you hit one of your size?' said the boy. And here it may be remarked that between this boy and the dwarf there existed a strange kind of mutual liking.' "'Now,' said Quilp, passing into the wooden counting-house, "'you mind the wharf. "'Stand upon your head again, and I'll cut one of your feet off.' "'It was a dirty little box, this counting-house, "'with nothing in it but an old rickety desk and two stools. "'Daniel Quilp pulled his hat over his brows, "'climbed onto the desk, and stretching his short length upon it, "'went to sleep with the ease of an old practitioner.' He'd not been asleep a quarter of an hour when the boy opened the door and thrust in his head. "'Here's somebody for you,' said the boy. "'Who?' "'I don't know.' "'Ask!' said Quilp, seizing a piece of wood and throwing it at him. Not caring to venture within range of such missiles again, the boy discreetly sent in his stead, the cause of the interruption, who now presented herself at the door. "'What, Nelly?" cried Quilp. "'Yes,' said the child, "'it's only me, sir.' "'Come in,' said Quilp, without getting off the desk. "'What's your message, Nelly? The child handed him a letter, and Mr. Quilp proceeded to make himself acquainted with its contents. That Mr. Quilp was perplexed by the contents of the letter was sufficiently obvious. Before he'd got through the first two or three lines, he began to open his eyes very wide and to frown most horribly, and when he came to the conclusion, he gave a long, dismal whistle, indicative of surprise and dismay. "'Gone already? Gone in four-and-twenty hours?'